Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood. This is SoFloRadio.com. The first inkling how power works. Power is feeling that knowing that you can do whatever you want and not one fucking person can stop you. And if someone else has a dumb idea that you don't like, well, that's the end of that idea or the end of that person, if you want. And if I want to build highways while the rest of the country is broke, I'll punch through any damn neighborhood I want. If some Negro slum is where I'm going to put my federal project or the off-ramp of my bridge, well, the goody goods can shriek and moan all day long. And if some chump wants to blackjack me, threatening to move our baseball team, oh, buddy... The Dodgers can take it on the arches to the fucking coast. I'll find another team that'll play ball with me in my stadium. And if I want to fuck some colored girl in a hotel room now and then because I'm feeling like a wrecking ball, then, pal, I'm going to do it. And if you think I'm going to let some chip who never should have been born or your small-time boss or my brother with his ideals and his forgeries in my name slow down the work I'm getting done in this city... And you've got a lot to learn about how power works. Because those people are invisible. They don't exist. Here we go now. Good afternoon and welcome to the very first Split Studio Groovathon. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Tony Z coming to you from the comfy confines of Casa de Coleman in Pompano Beach. And I am joined live via Skype from Hollywood by the undeniable, unimpeachable, throne-sitting, crown-worthy master of production and engineering who makes sure that our groove remains satiny smooth, a broadcasting behemoth, long-deserving <laughs> of the shrine to him, which I am now constructing in my backyard so that I might praise him before both God and man, mi compadre, las churches. No pressure. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, none at all. I, I live up to all of it. What can I say? Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. We, uh, of course, every we group transcend time and space. Sorry, I just yeah, Well, on. every group that emerges from an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. How are you doing, Paolo? Mine. You, you uh, look good. My temperature is uh, is ninety eight six. Ninety eight six, and um, I got a percolator, and um, yeah, life is great. I as know, great yeah, as it I can be in isolation. The rink is closed, so that's a that's a a, a hell a hell. But oh my god! All, all in all, groove in the age of coronavirus. I know. <laughs> Can't skate. Yeah. You know, well, we're gonna we're we're trying to get this working. I mean, it. it you're you're telling me it sounds okay. Hopefully, sounds it's gonna look okay. I'll tell you this: crime is down. <laughs> right. Know. No. Everybody's everybody's nobody wants even the criminals. They don't want to get the virus. I noticed that they that pollution is way down. This is going to be a very interesting experiment. Experiment. See what happens when we like stop emitting fossil fuel refuse into the atmosphere, even for like you know the briefest period of time. Not that that's going to change people who don't give a fuck about science anyway, but no. at least it'll be there. 
I'm still waiting for the uh, cruise ship that wasn't allowed to dock anywhere. You know, of course, we in Fort Lauderdale, we welcome all. You know, yeah. if, if you're coming from New York, fuck you. But if you're coming from South America through the Panama Canal with the coronavirus, yeah, baby, Fort Lauderdale is the place to be. Cruise yeah. of the Van Damned. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought the interesting thing that I saw was that Mexicans demand crackdown on Americans crossing the border. They're literally trying to tell Americans yeah. you can't come into Mexico now. They're like standing post at the border in Sonoma, Sonoma, uh, Sonoma Mexico. So that's an interesting change of pace. What do you think? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't have a response to that. What do you know? I, I, I don't even know. Of, I don't know if I believe it, actually. Yeah. yeah, I. you know, it's funny. I wasn't sure if it was like one of those, you know, bullshit, you know, uh, right. The Onion or something like that. But it was from the BBC. Okay. So, you know, well, why would they I, I give credit to the, you know, I'm, I'm going to consider them legit. Apparently, it happened a couple of times. They were basically trying to close off one particular border entrance in Arizona. And they were saying, look, we just don't want you guys coming down here trying to escape. That's like the big thing now. Everybody's trying to escape. Every, all the rich right. people are going to their homes, you know, in, in faraway places and, of course, spreading the coronavirus to there. So, see how that goes. Yes. I'll say, which I love. A, go ahead. No, no, which I love. I love that the rich people are taking it home and spreading it. And, and, well, uh, you know, once, now that these spring breakers have all gone back to the heartland of America, give it about yeah. two weeks. That was uh, the, the uh, thing I said. It was like, you know, waiting for the headline, uh, was it? Trump supporter dies of coronavirus, says he still supports Trump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You know, there is so much stuff happening online now. And I wanted to, to you know, do this uh, shout out because a week ago Wednesday, a very, very good friend of mine, Roger Hitz, who normally does his monthly trivia contest at a bar in Queens called Flynn's Tavern. A week ago Wednesday, for the first time, he did it online. He went, you know, he said, look, I'm going to do this on my Facebook page. We're going to do, you know, he said, you know, get a piece of paper. We're going to do these categories, write down these questions. And he said, look, I'm doing it's on the honor system. Okay, sure. You can look it up. This is why there's never any of those things on uh, the radio anymore. Trivia contest, because everybody knows, you know, you have every answer in the palm of your hand. So it's done. Right. Which is a thing. And still people are stupid. Yeah, it's right. So, but he did it online, and it was great. Okay, it was absolutely fantastic. His daughter, Leanna, assisted him, you know, with various things. She was basically everything that Vanna White wishes she could be. Okay? Le- you know, Leanna's actually, forget about the fact that she's just as good-looking as, as Vanna White. She's actually way smarter and far more productive and useful, okay, than Vanna White could ever be. All right, so that was fantastic, and he's going to be doing it again this Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and it's uh, Roger Hits, H-I-T-T-S. You go to Facebook, okay, and if you go onto his Facebook page, okay, just put it on the screen, and he'll be doing the contest right there, and, you know, it's on the honor system, and it's good stuff. It was, I, I, I was, it was a great diversion, for like two, three hours, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. So I recommend that highly, you know? Look, there is obviously a lot of stuff for us to get to today. And this is our first go at it. But you know what? We're still the Groovathon. Yeah, yeah. We're, okay. And COVID-free. 
and COVID-free. As far as we know, I mean, yo, you know, it's for, Hey, I'm on lockdown. I, you know, I, I really, I feel almost a little guilty. I got the, I took a dip in the pool this morning, but it's your own pool. Yes, it is my pool. Not a public pool. I also pool. took my first mango off the tree. Oh, okay. I understand. First world problems. Yeah, I'm going to call Louie in Malawi and tell him about your problems. He'll want to hear that. Yeah, he's going to want to hear know? about my mango tree. Absolutely. The pool guy was here today. I got a new filter, so that's always good. You've always <laughs> uh, you've always needed a filter. I've always tried to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff to get to today, including Uncle Sam goes begging to the Shylocks for $2.2 trillion on the cuff. Now that the Fed's big is lower than ever before, <laughs> closed casinos and canceled sporting events force bookies to offer COVID-19 betting lines as Gamblers Anonymous membership spikes. <laughs> POTUS becomes a lino. You like this one? Trademark lino. Leader in name only. Okay. Did you trademark Thank you. Him? He becomes a lino as Mario's kid grabs the reins and the headlines. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, lifestyles of the quarantined rich and famous gives us a peek inside Manhattan's bastion of high-rise bunkers full of champagne wishes, caviar dreams, and meticulously arranged bookshelves. Also, I'll take Kramer and Cavuto to school with some investment tips that highlight the difference between pandemic profiteers and those seeking profits amidst post-pandemic volatility. Plus, Oswald Bates gives rise to Trump's haiku style of speechifying. Fred Sanford gets ready for the big one. And later on, we will try to come to terms with how much this war is going to hurt and why it feels different than all the other times we anguished as a nation. Needless to say, all of that is going to be drenched in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. It's just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that really matters anywhere. Yeah, Hollywood. Florida, that is. Hey, guess what? It's also just past 2 o'clock up here in Pompano Beach, baby. Sunny and hot. How fucking hot is it? It is just I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't gone outside. I <laughs> did, and it's hot. It's like 90 degrees. Just past 8 a.m. on the big island where the uh, cow crew is diligently maintaining an attitude of kapu towards Howley's. Look it up. Just past 6 at night, Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, Lisbon, and the rest of Western Europe, and just past 8 p.m. in Erdoganistan, where Rebecca Celeste continues to ensure that the group spreads east across the desert sands. Yo, Gramps Master Flash, are you ready? You know I'm sitting here. You can see me. I can. Are you ready to whip us up a fresh batch of quarantinis? I am. I got my mixer. Hey, I like mine swirled, not shaken. Belly up to the virtual bar, y'all. It's happy hour at the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
life on the outside. <laughs> Allow me to proctologize myself. Suppositorily speaking, my incarceration has forced, you understand, the ventilation of, shall I say, my dairy air. And upon my discharge, I will evacuate, excuse me, ejaculate. <laughs> my mind to the prophylactic of the bowels of society. But how would you support yourself, Mr. Bates? <laughs> A very vaginative proposition, my man. That is to say, prostitution pertaining to the cotec, you understand, of the argument. I myself have immunopatized my uh, liquidation, therefore, ergo, I.E., that is the instigation, which is excessive cleavage, shall we say. So, let me clarify, or excuse me, clarify. In other words, I'd probably teach. Mr. Bates, is there anything further you'd like to say? Let me be venereal in my requisition for this body of congregation see, for the personal uh, gratification of my urethra. As the Greek philosopher uh, uh, Massengill once dictated, lickets my probiscus.
Y vancito goza la rumba cuando repito 
Yeah, about that, baby. Roberto Roena, que se sapa. That actually is, uh, I think that was from the, there's a, it's from a soundtrack from a movie. Uh, I wrote down a chef. Uh, what is known, what a, this guy is like literally a legend in Puerto Rico. Uh, he's been playing oh. with a, uh, playing with uh, the members of, he's been a member of the Fania All-Stars, which I played on the show before for years. He was also with uh, uh, El Gran Com- Combo, which was like a huge band out there. I saw an interesting uh, post the other day. It said, we are now all Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I've gone to great I- lengths not to be confused with the Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, yeah, I went back into the uh, B-Boy breakbeat folder there. Uh, Chub Rock, he's funky. The original from that is uh, from And the Winner Is, came out in 89 with Howie T. That's the DJ Lean Rock remix there. Before that, Matthew Sweet, Sick of Myself from 100% Fun. That's... Uh, He's one of those cats that uh, kind of rode in on the uh, the wake of the REM, you know, f- you know that whole uh, trend that came out of Athens, Georgia in the 80s and stuff like that. Richard Lloyd, actually from television, plays guitar on that track. And, of course, you know, I badmouthed this guy, and now every, every show I wind up playing something that he's involved with because Brendan O'Brien plays rhythm guitar on that. So I'm sorry, Brendan. I, I apologize for that. Yeah, Sanford and Son, it's the big one. It's the big one coming to get me. I, I immediately thought of that. It's there's there's some great scenes from Sanford and Son with him having a heart attack. I love that shit. For that department S is Vic there. That's a forty five came out in nineteen eighty. Those cats are from England. That was produced by Overend Watts, who was with, of course, yeah, Mott the Hoople, baby. B side of that, uh the original forty five that came out by uh, Department S was a, a T-Rex cover, I believe. For that, here's a song I've been wanting to play, and I've been putting together like a list of of albums that I want to, uh, you know, that I think would be good for, um, you know, quarantine. This one was interesting. It's Porcupine Tree. That is a waiting phase two from their album Signify. It came out in 96. Steve Wilson is the frontman and guitarist. And he does all the writing and producer. Those cats are from England. So they've been around for a while before that. Yeah, this is if you want to know how President Trump got his particular style of doing press conferences and answering questions and stuff like that. There it is. Oswald Bates from In Living Color. It's Damon Wayans. I've got about a I've got every episode of In Living Color. I have the entire series and some of those things that he does the oswald base up is some of the funniest stuff i've ever heard literally and but every time i i hear president trump speak that's what pops into my head my clitification excuse me clitification you know i like i like the fact that they're like well what are you going to do he goes i think i'll teach (laughs) before that the bamboos with alice russell stepping up from stepping up Bamboo's album came out in 2006. Bamboo's, those cats are from uh, Australia. Shout out to my man Adam Wilson. Hunkered down in New Mexico. His family hunkered down in Australia. And kicking off the show. Brand new. Hot off the presses. Hasn't even been formally released yet. But of course, yeah, I got to hook up the Overdrive 5. Doing a cover of Riot on Sunset Strip. Of course, originally done by the Standells for the movie 
Ride on Sunset Strip came out in 1967. The uh, Standells, of course, known for their uh, their ode to Boston dirty water. My friend Alon Portnoy's brand new band, uh, I believe. Um, who else is in that? Somebody else I know is in that band. I'll come up with it later. But uh, muchos gracias, mucho mahalo to my friend Alon Portnoy out in Kansas City where he is hunkered down. So... You got the headphones yeah. off. Obviously, you can hear me anyway, uh, right? Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, I got oh, you over okay. the speakers. And um, I, I oh, even I tried. I don't know. This is a very feedback-resistant microphone. How do I sound? You sound good to me over okay. here. I, I hope, yeah, no, there's I hope no everybody feedback. out there you know, uh, thinks we sound I tried okay. to. I really like I had to put the microphone right up to the speaker to get any feedback. I don't hear any uh, weird reverb or anything yeah. like that. So uh, wonderful with the like, very directional microphone here. Yeah, no, no I got, problem at all. I got going. So uh, what caught my eye recently? Well, let's just so so you can take a break now. Let's let's just get this out of the way. The uh, world of professional sports. First of all, here's <laughs> something that under normal circumstances I would have seen a bazillion posts about on Facebook, but I haven't seen not one, not a single post. Tom Brady, okay, split from the New England Patriots and signed with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay. Not a mention of it. Not one mention. It literally, talk about flying under the radar screen. Okay? That one there. Also, Noah Syndergaard, Thor, from the Mets, got Tommy John surgery. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, I, I was talking to my friend Paul Page, and we're huge Mets fans. And it's like, people were starting to go online like, oh, it's elective surgery in this time of, you know, how could he be doing that? I thought, all of these, you know, not emergency surgeries should be put off during this time. And Paul's like, obviously, these people don't know what it means to be a Mets fan. This is emergency surgery. If you're a Mets fan, we need this guy to have the Tommy John surgery now so he can make it back in time for April in 2021. I'm just saying, you know, that's just the way it is. And still, on another hand, okay, three hands, because, you know, COVID-19 birth defects, quato and whatnot, um, earlier this week, Dolan, James Dolan, who is the owner of the New York Knicks, okay, and the New York Rangers and the MSG company, he actually formally sold the LA Forum, which is in Inglewood, for $400 million in cash, okay, to the LA Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, okay, who probably actually has $400 million in cash laying around his house, seeing as how he's one of the founders of, you know, Microsoft and whatnot, but, that's what James Dolan did like about a week ago. Well, guess what? A couple of days ago, yeah, James Dolan tests positive for coronavirus. <laughs> All right. I don't want to say that this, you know, I don't want anybody to die from this. But I would love it if he got horribly sick for a long time. <laughs> he's 64. He's experiencing little to no symptoms and is self-isolating. He's the first major U.S. Uh, pro sports owner to have tested positive for the virus, and it couldn't have happened to a better example. Just, I'm just saying, you know, it'd be nice if he was out of commission for a while. But this story, of all the stories that freaked me out the most, this one just blew my mind. Ex-NBA guard O.J. Mayo poised to join Chinese League powerhouse. He's literally signed up to play in the Chinese Basketball League, and he's out there right now, and he flew... From like Shanghai to this other city, he's there, and 
they're just waiting to fire up the league again over there. China's going to be like back on the back in the game before anybody knows it. So and and I was thinking about this with sports because I'm watching the news and on Channel 10, our local Channel 10, they have like this scroll where they count down the countries with uh, the first they start with the states, the states that have the most confirmed cases. And so it has confirmed cases, deaths and then um, recovered. So they have three stats. And they count down all 50 states. And then they start counting down the countries. And seriously, Myanmar, Belize, these countries have like, you know, one or two reported, you know, uh, cases and stuff like that. I was like, there's no sports betting anywhere on the planet on anything. Okay. All the casinos are shut down. All the poker rooms are shut down. So online poker is now going through the roof. But when I'm watching this, the the scroll of death numbers, it looks like the uh, score updates on ESPN. I was wondering if there's a there's a betting line for COVID nineteen. You know what? Um, you know over- there you know there is. Yeah, I mean, what's the over under? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure there are a variety of games that you can play. There well, is, that's a, yeah. I want to take a parlay. That, I got cool. the St. Martin minus one and a half over Belize, and I'm parlaying well, that with the over-under of 192 and a half for here, Jamaica. Here's a game I'm playing with myself. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've, I've got a site here. It's ncov2019.live that just has everything. It's just a wonderful constantly updating index. And let me refresh it right now because it it'll, it'll update. At, you, know, you can refresh it every uh, minute, and it'll change. Total confirmed cases in the world, 700,000, 700, with uh, 37, it just turned over again, 37,000 total deceased in the world. The USA, 152,000. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're not to 3,000 yet, but Florida, we're usually, we're always in the top eight. We've been as low as number eight, all right? Right now well, we're number one, two, three, four, five, six, which is yeah, moving up, up there, baby, up considerably. Just so you know, who we've been neck and neck with the whole time, it's Michigan. You know, we just been really? back and forth with Michigan, Massachusetts, also. Yo, fuck um, you, Wolverines, baby. But then All it right? goes California, yeah, New Jersey, New, Pride. New York. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an interesting tidbit about Florida. Has no recorded, no reported, at least on this graph, uh, recovered cases. Even though I'm sure there are some, but uh, yeah, they yeah, probably don't even know it yet. Re- That's the interesting thing. Right. So, so I was, I, I it also, you know, I, I was thinking to myself that the numbers on uh, the cable news it reminded me of the Jerry Lewis telethon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. So what else is going on? Well, you know, first of all, we were, I was talking uh, on the last show. The publication of John Bolton's book uh, about his time working for the president, uh, the room where it happened, has been pushed back from March until May due to Trump White House's new review of the manuscript. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. But it occurred to me that because I saw um, uh, Stephen King was on a, a show the other day and uh, he come he pushed up the release of his book. So it's coming out. You know, I guess this week and John Grisham, who's with, I guess, the same publishing company is also about to release a book. And and Stephen King said, you know, we should do a twofer, you know, for people staying home. And I thought to myself, this is the perfect time for cable and Internet companies to get really, really good PR. And at the same time, okay, 
probably do themselves some good down the line. Okay, companies like Comcast, HBO, Stars, Amazon, Netflix, they could literally say, guess what? We're going to give anybody who wants to, you know, like forget about the online streaming company. I'm talking about like on Comcast or Showtime, Cinemax. Why don't they just give everybody, you know, they do those free previews. You know, you get like a, a weekend preview of this channel or that. Give everybody 30 days of every single pay channel. There you go. Yeah, How about nice. that for being nice? I just send money. Some people <laughs> might want to spend it on food. Well, I was talking, I said on the, the last show, I mean, the, the thing to do is, you know, he, he with, the, with the War Powers Act, this is, you know, take over the utility companies. I finally just got a note from uh, FPL that said that they're going to be reducing because they, they were going to be reducing the bills over the course of the next year because they've got a lot of solar stuff in there. So they have like literally the world's largest solar farm here. We have it. FPL sure. has it. God bless them. Yeah. I got a notice that said I could switch my energy over to only getting energy from their solar thing. So I badmouth these guys a lot and for good reason. However, they just sent a note and said, you know, as opposed to spreading it out over the year, what we're going to do is just simply give everybody a 25% reduction on your next bill. I was like, okay, better than nothing. I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. You know, look, they're the, the largest market capitalized uh, power company as far as, you know, uh, market capitalization, the amount of shares that are available times the value per share. They're number one. So, you know, they can certainly afford to do it. Also, I was thinking about these companies that do like, uh, uh, you know, audio books and downloadable PDF file books. They should, you know, offer up, hey, two free books uh, a week, um, you know, if you want them. But you can't read them online. You have to download them so you don't use up space, something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying there are things that people could be doing, these people that make a huge amount of money off of the online business that we're now totally reliant on. This is a great time for PR. Give a little something back right now. Get everybody interested in your product for free. And then maybe when all this is over, you're going to gain a few customers okay you're not going to be losing money you still have the same number of, as, of subscribers as you did before all you're doing now is giving a whole bunch of other people some relief and maybe you pick up a few customers so yeah, there great, was a thought i'll tell you idea where do i sign up yeah the standing rock sioux tribe won a, a victory in the dakota access pipeline case nobody noticed yeah, that no nobody we're busy yeah which i i thought that was great the so that's, yeah it's being held up a little bit um like I couldn't help myself with this because I, you know, Fox News is they're they're really having there's only, you know, they always say grasping at straws and the straw that broke the camel's back. They're literally running out of straws. They haven't completely run out. I mean, they'll find more straws if they need to, to keep propping up their belief that, you know, the president is doing right. And I'm going to we're going to talk strictly about the coronavirus and all that stuff later. But. But, you know, they're they're kind of all about praising Trump for what he's doing now and denying everything that he and they said a month ago as if it never happened. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, well, that's that, you know, they they realize that they can deny reality. And I, I, I don't know, I, like, I'm not giving them a pass, but the media does. Yeah, well, I'm know? not giving them a pass either. Look, I, I, I really think that in the long run, here's do you have that that clip? That I told you about from Brian Williams? 
I do. Yeah, this I thought this was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. This was from a, a Fox News show. I can't remember who it was, but they were interviewing uh, Dr. Burks, you know, the, uh, the the chick that comes on and talks and stuff like that. Yes. So this was from uh, one. This is from uh, Brian Williams, the 11th hour show, I guess, on Friday. Go ahead and hit me with that. How would you describe the job President Trump is doing behind the scenes and in front of the cameras during these daily briefings that we're seeing? What's been your perspective, Dr. Burks? He's been so attentive to the scientific literature and the details and the data. And I think his his ability to analyze and integrate data that comes out of his long history in business has really been a real benefit during these discussions about medical issues. That was translated from the original North Korean. Back in the real world, here's a reminder. Over a month ago, on February 25th, the CDC warned coronavirus spread was inevitable here in our country. Later that week, the Washington Post reported the president was furious over what he considered an alarmist response from his administration. And just two days after the CDC warning, here's what he said. It's going to disappear one day. It's like a miracle yeah, disappear. <laughs> I like that. Translated from the original North Korean. Right. That, I just it. thought that was fucking hilarious, man. What do you mean by that, Brian Williams? Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I wrote that having endured a uh, barrage of President Trump's uh, televised taint lickers drooling their allegiance with statements such as President Trump could cure cancer and his haters would still find a way to criticize him. It occurs to me that we've arrived at a place in time when I might easily retort, sure. But on the other hand, President Trump could wittingly propagate the spread of cancer and you all would still try to find a way of defending him in order to avoid the shame of having to admit that he hasn't come close to achieving your hypothetical, whereas he's almost certainly guilty of committing mine. So there you go. I thought about it. This is going to go down as not simply the Trump plague. This is going to be the GOP plague because after 50 years of the Southern strategy, this is where we're at. We They put him there, and he's going to kill people. And Lincoln legacy, guess what? Blood is on your hands, motherfuckers. I'm just saying it. I'm yeah. saying it. I'm saying it outright. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the Hobby Lobby, the guy that uh, mm-hmm. owns Hobby Lobby – Okay, keep stores open after, quote, God spoke to him, but he's not going to pay sick leave. He told there are his employees to tighten their belts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spoke to God, and God said, no, that's, that's bullshit. He did not speak to the Hobby Lobby guy. He's yeah, I, I actually, I had a chat with Hashem myself. I was talking to my mom because Passover is coming up, and I said, look, you know, big guy already gave us a pass this year about leavened foods in the house and stuff like that. Because it is shut down, you know, yeah, keep some bread in the house. It's okay. You're allowed to keep leavened stuff in the house this year. He's given us a pass. Normally, you got to get rid of all that stuff if you take it out of the house. So, yeah, go I'm ahead. Just take, a nice, take a nice, uh, you know, long drag of that cigarette there. They forget that we're doing a radio show or something, right? You're so relaxed. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting couch. dichotomy between uh, the cable news that you see. Like uh-huh. if you're watching cable news and then they're like, we'll be right back after this. OK. And they, uh-huh. they have a, a commercial and it's like immediately it's like, hey, buy something, <laughs> buy a car, right. hey, buy a car. I'm like, seriously, you're serious, right? 
You can really <laughs> use a car right now. And uh, I also thought the, the, the fun thing that I'm having right now is that um, when you're watching this, you basically get to see everybody's bookshelves at home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All of these people, like with the backgrounds, how come nobody's come up with something, a more interesting background than that? I mean, you had the toilet paper background. I had the fight club background. Uh-huh. But, you know, look at how smart I am. Look at all these books. Slow it down and look at, look at all of the really erudite stuff I'm reading about. Shut up. You know, there's always that one book. They have, like, they, they have them all lined up. Okay, and then there's the one book where you can actually see the cover. You know, and, mm-hmm. in, and invariably, it's a book that that person wrote. you know it's like free advertising for all these people i'm still curious you know i saw the other day that uh there were like some tornadoes you know in in yeah the country the tornadoes didn't get the uh the memo yeah about the uh, shelter in place you know they just you know they heard oh as long as everybody's sheltering in place i might as well do some house cleaning yeah exactly um let's talk about money for a little while i mean i you know the first thing I thought of, and, and I've been seeing way more commercials for it, is, uh, you know, 877-CASH-NOW, uh, you know? J.G. Wentworth. All these people now are like, sure, I'll sell you my insurance policy for some quick cash. You know, I've been put on quarantine, and I need cash now. <laughs> I could use a, a reverse mortgage. Oh, yeah, that's a... I no longer have an income. You know, these uh, people like uh, Senator Burr, it's, uh, Senator Richard Burr sold a fortune in stocks as GOP mm-hmm. played down coronavirus. What a motherfucker. You, you know why, I, you know, a lot of the people in the GOP, he's getting a lot of flag from his own party. I, I love it when that happens. And you know, you know why that happens when that happens? Because he got caught. Because they weren't in on it. Yeah, All right. the GOPers that are turning on him, it's like, hey, are you kidding me? We could have been doing this, asshole. You're not going to be the one. <laughs> Burning hell. How dare you take an edge that we weren't taking? Well, I didn't. We didn't know we could do that. Jesus. The, the uh, you know, really, this is going to be about. You know, I, I wrote down one word in capital letters. I wrote down debt. This is going to be about debt. Okay. And the interesting thing is, is the race for money is on lobbyists are standing by. Companies see the outbreak as a chance to cash in, do some good, or both. Among the early winners, the Washington influence industry. You know, because it's basically, it's a, yeah, it's a twelve, it's a two trillion dollar bailout. That yeah. is twelve zeros, son. That's twelve zeros. All right. Meanwhile, okay, two years ago there was a one and a half trillion dollar tax cut. Boy, we're really just, you know, they, they are literally, the Fed literally is the one place that has a, a quote, license to print money. You hear that mm-hmm. term bandied about a lot? They got it. They, they literally can print as much money as they want. And the thing is, is that this is basically debt. They're asking somebody, because right now, the, the 10-year note is at like 0.6. It's still below 1%, which is just outrageous. All over the world. I talked about this in the last show. You know, the you can borrow money for nothing. Okay? But the thing is, is that there are people out there who are willing to take our marker. Still. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we couldn't pick a winner in a one-horse race. A real cantaloupe, we are. I'm telling you right now. Yet, there are bookies out there willing to take our action. 
there's a Shylock out there willing mm-hmm. to take our marker to the tune of two fucking trillion dollars. You've got to be kidding me. And they're bailing out. You know, I thought it was interesting they're going to bail out Boeing, who was really up shit's creek right until this happened, and they knew they could get a bailout because of the airline industry, mostly because they are actually the largest importer by dollar amount of any company in America. So, you know, they they got to go in there. But I thought it was interesting that the cruise industry ain't going to get shit. Why? They're not American companies. Right. Their headquarters are in foreign places. Ships all registry right? bum somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. They all fly foreign foreign flags. Okay. Mm-hmm. And apparently last year they paid point eight percent in taxes. That was their total tax to America. Me, you know, and it's like, oh, but they hire all these people. Yeah, great. Tell them to go on unemployment. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have to pay well, good. federally That's mandated good wages. There's something to feel good about. Yeah. It's, well, at least the Dems held tight, you know, when when they, they tried to, to literally yeah. kind of weasel it on through us. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't even know what to say about that. I, I was telling my brother, I said, here's an interesting thing, though. You know, once this is all over, here's an industry that's about to go down a crapper. The movie theater industry. It's mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Take out every other fucking seat? I was like... You know, and I'm telling my brother about this, and he goes, forget it. He says, kids today, yeah. the, the, the Gen X and these, these millennials, he said, if you were born, okay, less than 30 years ago, you don't give a shit about audio fidelity. He goes, these motherfuckers watch shit on their phones. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. So I, but what I told him, I said, here's a new industry to start investing in, drive-in movies. Mm-hmm. Drive-in. They're talking about that. Yeah, over here at the swap shop. I've been there many times. Yeah, I think it's great. But now you can open one up, right? Mm -hmm. And literally, as opposed to having it like where it is the swap shop where you got buy some popcorn and then bring it back to the car or whatnot. You can literally have like service with decent food, Mm -hmm. shit like that. Obviously, you can't do booze because you're driving. Mm -hmm. But still, you could, you know, turn it into something interesting. So I'm just saying – no, you have to uh, bring the booze and the cooler in the trunk, <laughs> like we always do. At the drive Oil in. right now is down to twenty dollars a barrel. Twenty dollars a barrel. Good. It's dropped sixty percent in about a month Good. and I'm a half. About ready to fill up soon. Although I make like two trips to the store a week now. <laughs> uh, I know, but I mean, this is great. You know, yep. this is great. People are like, oh, the oil industry is in, is in, you know, is really, is, is going down the tubes. It's tanking right now. Okay, yeah. And your point is what? I didn't hear you say anything when it was $123 a barrel and we were paying 364 average at the pump. Okay, which was back in like 2011, 2012. Now you want to complain? Yo, baby, you should have, you know, you're telling all of us that, you know, oh, we, we're going to bail you out. You know, you, you should have been saving money. You should. Mm-hmm. This is why you say, well, that's what I've got to say to all the shale companies. Fuck you. Should have <laughs> saved your money. All right. Go apply for unemployment like everybody else, bitch. I'm just saying. Okay. Plat- I, I understand you're just up. saying. Yeah. Platinum is up to, uh, well, it was up to 744. I think it's down to 727 now, but it was at like 650 about a week and a half ago when I told people, I said, platinum, baby. 
put your money on that. The next day it went up 60 bucks. I was like, all right. There is an interesting um, number. It's called the VIX, the VIX index. And that is what's known as the volatility index. And for years, it has hovered around anywhere between 5 and 10. It's now up into the 50s. <laughs> if, you, right. if you were long the VIX index about three months ago, you're literally made out like a fucking bandit. And there are people, there's this one guy, uh, Ackman, who runs a Pershing Square uh, hedge fund. He turned $27 million into $2.6 billion by leveraging an investment against foreign loan rates. The, the indexes that put all of the, uh, they're like, put all of the, uh, the average, the amount of interest you pay on a loan around the world, there's an index for that. And he bet against it. So, and then, it, you know, now, like I said, the 10 year treasury note is at 0.6 something. So he made out, he literally made $2.6 billion. Then had the nerve to go on CNBC seriously mm, yeah. and say, we need to shut down a country for 30 days. Okay. Meanwhile, the government and, and, Fucking uh, uh, Trump and what's his name? His son-in-law, you know that dick, Jared. Right? Yeah, Jared Kushner. They were like literally haggling over the one point five billion dollar contract that it was going to cost to have GM and this other company build ventilators. This guy Ackman could have footed the bill for the whole fucking thing off of his profits and still had a billion dollars in pure profit, free and clear, left over, and he could have footed the bill for the for all the ventilators, for $1.5 billion for ventilators, by himself, and still been a billion dollars up. How about that? Where the fuck are my three-comma, you know, patriots at? Okay, these people, Gates, Bezos, um, Warren Buffett, um, the, the entire Walton clan the the four walton people who own walmart where are these people okay i haven't heard any of them ponying uh, and saying you know if they each put in okay one billion dollars a piece one billion just each out of their tens of billions okay they'd be able to pay for all the medical equipment this country needs for this flat out right off the bat Cash. These guys could literally get that kind of money by like searching under their couch cushions, for Christ's sake. That's how much money these motherfuckers have. And yet, I hear nothing. I hear nothing from them. I want to know where our patriots, you know, and the Koch brothers are now, <laughs> they're, they're like, they, they've got a thing where they're trying to tell, um, you know, that, that uh, bullshit turf uh, movement that they sprang up with. You know, we we don't need to shut the country down. We need to have various places where they work and we need to be able to you can't do this. We need to get back to work. That's it's unbelievable. These are billionaires saying this. You want everybody to get back to work? Great. Spend a billion dollars. Pay medical costs. Everybody chip in. It'll be over faster. You'll make more money in the long run. But if you keep complaining like this and don't pony up anything, you're going to take the hit. You legitimately deserve 
you greedy piece of shit. What are you saying? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing to keep an eye on is going to be um, because I I started, you know, I I get into my geekdom a lot of the time. I was looking, I was talking to a friend of mine who was asking me about a particular piece of real estate and whether or not this might be an interesting time to borrow against it because rates are so low and you want to cover cover your ass in case real estate values go down. And I said, don't bother because this is personal real estate. This is, to a certain degree, would be described as residential real estate. And I said, you really, the, the ground below you is way too soft to start butting around because the real estate in that regard is always going to come back. There's a finite amount of real estate. That's it. If it's in a place where the value of something like that holds, and it's one thing if it's, you know, in the middle of the desert somewhere that nobody gives a shit about. But out here, you don't have to worry about your real estate value for your home going down long term. All right. Don't start worrying that you're taking a look and, oh, my God, in the last month, the value of my my property went down eight percent. Relax. Two years from now, it'll be back and more. Don't do that. But I'll tell you what you should keep an eye on is commercial real estate markets. And there are various indexes that track that and that you can uh, use as a uh, you can use the indexes and invest in the indexes and, and buy or sell options on those indexes for future months based on the cumulative effect that this could have on commercial real estate. Because I'm looking at the not the major cities so much, although they're going to take a huge hit because what you know, it's one thing if you pay restaurants, um, you know, to to pay their employees. But what happens when some of that money starts to run out and people still can't go to restaurants or they're afraid to go to restaurants? What happens when it hits the heartland of America and you've got these towns that you know, with with retail outlets or mom and pop shops and stuff like that, where it doesn't matter how much the government gives them. If they don't have an income coming in, they're not going to be able to pay the rent on the real estate. And if the real estate, they're going to have a choice between put food on the table and keeping their space. They're going to give up their space. And all of a sudden, you're going to see a lot of commercial real estate in about three to six months. I think you're going to see the indexes for the commercial real estate market really take a big hit. I think that's going to be something that people are going to have to start worrying about, not so much in the urban areas, but in the uh, in the more rural areas where that kind of thing, where it really is hit or miss on a month-by-month basis. And even though maybe the person who owns the real estate might be a nice guy and give you a break and everything, it, their margins are so low that it might not matter. It might not matter that they, they still have that space available. On the other hand, if they let the space go, okay, and nobody is there, then they can come back in six months and say, look, you want me to rent this place? Here's the new number. So it's going to be interesting because I think the commercial, the people who own the commercial real estate are going to take a hit, whereas the people who rent the commercial real estate may be in a much better place in about three to six months when nobody else wants to rent that space and they can come back and quote their own price. So... Just so you know, I'm thinking for the future here. You know me. I want to try and make you money. I'm here for you. I saw coffee doing some really good moves, but then it went back down again. I, I noticed that there there was whispering 
about a uh, a minor shortage in the global Arabica bean count this year. Uh, as it turns out, there was it was too hot in some areas, and they didn't get as large a crop as they normally do in some of the really, really, really big growing regions, in addition to which the coffee had gotten down to such a low price that they were basically not growing coffee anymore. They said, well, why don't we just, you know, switch over to coca? (laughs) So, you know, a little more profit in there, especially, you know, when you got a gun to your head. You, You mean chocolate, right? Uh, that's what I meant. Chocolate, not cocoa, not cocoa, cocoa, cocoa. I'm sorry. Cocoa. Is that what I said? Cocoa. Yeah. So yeah, but um, that was back. You know, I said if that drops below 105, you buy all day long, and it got down to 105, and it went up to 124, but now it's back down to about 113, 114, 115, which is where it actually should be. Uh, I still think platinum is is a big own right now, and I also think that any minute now, if oil gets down to about 18. If it if it actually gets, I mean, I think if it gets below twenty, you start buying. Uh, you want to buy calls for the summer months for July August is where I would start buying my calls for the crude market here in America. But you know, sorry, I'm geeky. I will say this just to finish things off before we go into this, some more groove. Okay, you know, China is now the one country. That is going to be able to start firing up the the factories again. They were first to get it, first to clamp it down, and they're going to be first to fire up again. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they produce a lot of stuff and nobody is willing to buy it for months. Nobody will tell you know, how long do you think it's going to be before people are like, uh, you know, comfortable with buying stuff? That's literally imported from China. It's going to be a while. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. But it's, it does show you what happens in, a, uh, in an authoritarian society where when something like this comes up, yeah, that's right, I'm going to shut down an entire city of 11 million people, which is exactly what they did. So in any event, you ready for some more groove, pal? I am ready to groove. Yeah? Well, this yeah. is your set. Yeah, yeah, it's another theme, thematic, uh, coronavirus-inspired theme set from George on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
recognize you anymore. A winter's day in a deep and dark December. From my window to the streets below On a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow I am a rock, I am an island I built walls Their fortress deep and mighty No need of friendship Friendship causes pain It's laughter and it's loving I disdain I am a rock I am an island Don't talk of love Number of feelings that I've died If I never loved, I never would have cried I am a rock, I am an island I have my books And my poetry to protect me I think that might be the original uh, social distancing song, <laughs> if you ask me. I don't know. I was trying to reach back. Maybe have to go to some Edison cylinder recordings. Uh, yeah, that was what inspired the set to begin with, even though we really? ended with it. Is uh, all um, all isolation uh, songs there since uh, we're under the mandatory? Uh, what do you call it? Shelter in place in the uh, I guess here in here in Florida. I mean. Whatever we can still go shopping. Just don't don't go to work. Stay out of the gym. <laughs> so so yeah, we ended the set with Simon and Garfunkel. I am a rock. All about being a, a shut up in your room. You know there are hermits. There are people that uh, were doing this way before uh, we started. Oh you please! Know, I mean, you, you think yeah. about songs like uh, like uh, the Beach what? Boys. You know, Alone in My Room yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, we started out with Change by Tears for Fears. Both of those things because uh, when, you're, you, when you undergo a lot of change, uh, you shed tears. Hey, I got when I, I I I got into that song when it first came out. I was yeah. uh, living with uh, Moira, and she got the import version 
of the album Hurting before it was even domestically released back in like 84. And I was totally into that song. But oh. it's the one right after that that protection. Like, made my heart leave. Graham Parker. I, and I don't have to tell I, you about Tears for Fears or Graham Parker, I guess. I love that song. I, I literally, I said to myself, I can't believe I haven't played that yet. Well, there you go. Great. God bless. Some overlapping uh, Venn diagrams. And yeah, it's still in my fantagram rut. Because all of my sets, I'm trying to get some, some girl group or girl vocalist in there. A fan I of, look, I like fantagram. But that was uh, you know, Blackout Days because the, yeah. that's what this is. And, uh, and in the chorus there, I don't know if you picked up on it, the, the phrase that she repeats over and over again in the chorus is, tell me all the ways to stay away. Away, ah. away. That's what she's saying over and over again. Stay away, away, away. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, that led us right back uh, to, to the Simon and Garfunkel. So, you know, after, so there you go. Meanwhile, back to coronavirus news, all coronavirus coverage. I was thinking, well, when I, when I heard the, uh, the uh, Simon and Garfunkel, the first thing that popped into my mind was Hazy Shade of Winter. And so I, I literally dug up like... Yes, that's a, I, that's a rousing tune. Yeah, but I, I found like about... Three other versions. There's the the Bangles do a great version from uh, less than uh, the movie Less and, Than Zero. And by great, you mean they do one? Yeah, but <laughs> I, I I've got like two or three others now. Okay, so I found those as well. So yeah, um, so, yeah we got the back virus. to the back to the coronavirus. And I was I was telling you about some of this, uh, you know, a couple days ago, and I I literally started writing something. And, and I couldn't put it all together. I just literally have like individual sentences and paragraphs. And it was really – I was trying to figure out why this one – I had – for me personally, there was a particular feeling I was starting to get as I was watching the news, particularly from New York City, from my hometown, and watching the horror show that's taking place there from the comfy confines of my – you know, house down here in Pompano with a swimming pool and a mango tree and electricity and a yard and, and all that stuff. And I realized what, why, why, what the feeling was. And it was that feeling I had, I had had before of utter powerlessness, of utter helplessness that I had felt when 9-11 happened. And also when Hurricane Sandy happened, but mostly when 9-11 happened, because at the time I was living in uh, Lake Havasu. Arizona. And I was, you know, I got a phone call in the morning from somebody who said the world's, you know, shit, shit's happening. All they like turn on the TV and I'm watching this happen. And it took about three days before I could finally get in touch with everybody that I wanted to get in touch with to see how they were doing, what was going on, you know, what was the scene there? Was everybody all right? It, it took that time. But there was that period of time where I didn't know and there's nothing that that I could do about that and there's nothing I can do about this and so here are the various notes that I wrote down I said in this war we're not sending 18 year olds off to some foreign land to fight and even die in defense of whatever the government claims in our best interests uh, this war has come to our shores and it is indiscriminate when it comes to who winds up making the ultimate sacrifice in this war, there is no comrade in a uh, foxhole holding you in their arms and imploring you to just hang on because help is on the way as the sound of a helicopter draws near while bullets continue to whiz within earshot. Okay. The, uh, 
I said the uh, this war's rosy the riveters are the doctors and nurses coming out of retirement. Uh, you know these days they're also getting medical students. They're going to like graduate them early. And I said the uh, the horrific spectacle of flag draped coffins being ushered off of C thirty five cargo planes at Andrews Air Force Base, which you know long ago was uh, labeled you know verboten to uh, display on the news. That has been replaced by the incessant images of hastily pitched mash tents that are staffed by hazmat-suited medical staff gurneying patient after patient into them and corpse after corpse out of them. And just this morning, I spotted something that was bizarre on Sheep Meadow in Central Park, okay, which I grew, you know, when I was in high school, I lived across the street from Sheep Meadow. That was, you know, Central, I was, I lived on Central Park. And Sheep, you know, they, they've erected a whole series of these medical tents there on Sheep Meadow. And it reminded me of the last time Sheep Meadow had been used to house anything. And that was back in 1929, 1930, and 31, when they turned Sheep Meadow into what was known back then as Hoovervilles. They were the Hoovervilles, as, as they were known. And Sheep Meadow got its name because up until then, there were sheep in it. Okay, Olmsted, when Olmsted uh, designed the uh, Central Park, the sheep were given as a gift to the city, and they grazed in Sheep Meadow right up until the Great Depression because as people started to move there, they started to eat the sheep. Oh, okay. I was making a joke, but all right, yeah. No, what a yeah, idea. they started to do that. So they got to gather up all the sheep and send them upstate to a farm. And Hooverville is what wound up there, and then Hooverville's popped up all over the country as a result of the Great Depression and you know, okay, and that kind of thing. That was what sprung into my mind on you know with these sites of this on on sheep meadow and i said this is this is a uh, only this war effort uh is embarked on by a citizenry that is an effort of isolation i said a nation already hurtling towards a political implosion due to increasing ideological intransigency intransigency of its citizens must now physically separate itself if it is to survive. At a moment when facts and science matter the most, we are now confronted by the reality that in order to win this war, we must not only unite by being alone, but also rely on the information and selfless ded- dedication provided by others so that we can once again be together and hopefully come together. Those in this war, who are drafted, aren't going to find themselves on the front lines with a gun. They're going to find themselves on a new front line, the unemployment line. I said, in this war, those with the modern-day equivalent of $300 get a ventilator, while as in every other war, it is the least fiscally and physically prominent who will most often be likely to suffer its harshest consequences in this war preparation for battle 
has been deprioritized by the cost and scope of winning it. The enemy is invisible. The strategy for victory is consequentially laborious. The alternative is deathly expensive. And the numbers of physically afflicted are scored next to the numbers of the fiscally inflicted as if they were of equal importance. But the war isn't about us and them. It's about us and it. And you look at the screen and it shows you how many people in the world uh, have been, you know, have, have got coronavirus, how many people in the world have died of coronavirus. And then it'll switch to how many people in America have got it and how many people in America have died. And right below that, what do you see? The Dow Jones index and the S&P index and the NASDAQ index all on the same screen, all on the exact same screen. All right. And I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you have, you know, this president is uniquely unqualified to fight a war against an enemy that he can't put a face to. All he can do is give it a nickname. Okay. That's it. The only method that Trump has ever relied on in order to defeat an opponent has been to attack that person. Yeah, well, he gave it with, a nickname. It's the uh, the Chinese virus. Yeah, Wuhan but virus. that's it. Yeah. But 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 there is no person behind the nickname. That's just China, okay? Yeah, yeah. And uh, all he does is attack people with hyperbolic narrative. And I said, what makes this really so tough is that there is no being there at the end, hearing last words, feeling them squeeze your hand for the last time. There is only the pain and powerlessness of mandatory separation, lest we all wind up together again before long. There is no familial compassion to empower the soul in the hope of empowering the body. Only the desperation of idleness in concert with plans for future survival. It is the self simultaneously grappling with the modern-day anguished duality of selfishness and selflessness and then i wrote down carl young question mark <laughs> this jungian you know the the dichotomy of man the the soldier uh in battle with the uh, peace from uh in the with the peace sign from full metal jacket is that some sort of joke you're wearing there's a it, that's what it is we we now everybody wants to do the right thing but this is a war that we as Americans and as a nation are kind of uniquely unsuited to win because it's always about coming together as a nation. Well, guess what? We, the only way for us to come together as a nation in this case is to stay apart. That's a good point. Nice pun. You know? And, like we and, are. Look at you over there. Yeah, but, but, but that's how, you know, everybody – we have to do this together, and it's very bizarre to be told to do that while not being around anybody else. There is no – the Rosie the Riveter here is the doctors and the nurses on the front lines, okay? But there's, there's no sending care pack. Let's all get together and send care – put care packages together for our troops on the front lines, there, you know, I mean, I guess we can do the best we can by 
you know, trying to come up with ways of helping all the nurses and doctors get what they need for sleep and food and recreation and anything and any kind of comfort that we can offer them. The problem is we can't do it, okay, within six feet. I can walk over and leave some food on your doorstep. Okay. I can <laughs> I can try and do this show with you, okay, so that maybe for three hours, you know, during an afternoon, some people can take some time off, uh-huh. get some groove, maybe a few laughs once we get this right and figure out, you know, how to get everything. But, I mean, I, the, 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 the greatest anguish I feel right now is that the powerlessness, you know, being from New York and thinking about my mom and my friends and all of the people I know there. What happens, because it's already starting to hit home. It's already starting to hit home, okay? There are people I know. Um, I know there's one person that I knew many, many years ago from the neighborhood. He passed away, homeboy Steve. There are other, you know, we're going to start hearing about this. And it's going to be really, really difficult to express the kind of compassion and summon the the collective strength of a nation that we are used to in times of national tragedy and distress, 9-11, the hurricanes, these kinds of things where you see people doing these things, they're all getting together to do them. We can't do that. That's why this one's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because we're going to be forced to sit back and watch people die and know that there is nothing, literally nothing we can do to help ease the burden right there. And that, to be alone, to suffer alone, to suffer alone because there's nothing you can do about somebody else who is suffering alone that you love, that is really going to take a toll on us. And it's got, you know, I was talking to my mom the other night, and she said, this is one of those things that you need to kind of think about and say, all right, you can't do that. What can you do? What, what is available? Get creative. Get creative with what you can do, you know, with Skype, with FaceTime. Get creative with what you can send to somebody through the mail or through Amazon as a gift. So that they they get something from you. I got these headphones. <laughs> I got Amazon, these headphones. Right. All right, but it got me to thinking. What can you you know? That's all that's left right now. Right now, that's what's left. That and doing the right thing, which means staying away in order to come yeah. together. Yeah, and that's you know. I also started thinking about. The Constitution, the right to free assembly. So, you know, the First Amendment, they're now some of the things that I have noticed, you know, checkpoints on US-1. They, they want to complain about people coming in from New York, but they're they're thinking about letting this boat, this cruise line come in, this Petrie dish. Zandamme. Unbelievable. The ship of the dams, of Vandamme. The other thing that, that's really kind of got me 
more pissed off than, than just about anything else. And I'm doing – it's everything I can do on Facebook to not respond at all. I have, I've sworn off of it. And literally I have to like – as one hand is reaching for the keyboard, I have to use the other hand to like grab it back. Okay? <clears throat> the people who are defending Trump and standing up for him and it's, and it's the, the comments like, oh, yeah, well, where were the Democrats three months ago? What do you mean, where were we three months ago? We were there asking you why you would, you know, cut funding for the CDC in the pandemic thing. That's where we were. We were begging you to take this seriously. That's where we were. We weren't listening to the president lie to us on TV. That's where we were. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, you think, you know, sleepy, stupid Joe could have done any better? Yes, I do. Uh, I think Anybody. Yeah. I think literally... Anybody could have done better. Anybody could have done better. The The thing that really kind of frosted my cookies was I read this. So this headline, medical expert who corrects Trump, okay, is now target of the far right. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the administration's most outspoken advocate of emergency virus measures, faces a torrent of false claims that he is mobilizing to undermine the president. This is literally what's happening. Mm-hmm. And now... The other one that I told you about, the religious rights hostility to science is crippling our coronavirus response. Trump's response to the pandemic has been haunted by the science denialism of his ultra-conservative religious allies. We were talking about the Hobby Lobby guy. But, you know, you heard about the, uh, the pastor in Virginia who was like one of the first guys to say, yeah, you know, this is all they're doing this as a hoax to try and you know, take down the president. Yep, he died of coronavirus. No, I mean, how, and I, I asked somebody a couple of days ago, somebody was writing something, and <clears throat> there, there were a lot of uh, kind of uh, similarities, people were saying, to how Reagan uh, first, you know, handled AIDS, you know, because it was the gays, and it was the drug addicts. It was them. They were getting it. It's not us good people. And in this case, it's like, yeah, it's the urban areas. It's the Democrat areas, you know? And I, as I told you like a week ago, I said, this isn't really going to start to hurt Trump, okay, and the Republicans until it starts to actually hurt Trump and the Republicans physically in their states where they are when Texas goes under the belt. When Mississippi and Alabama, okay, when Kansas and Oklahoma, when those states start coming down with it. You know, the president keeps saying he he doesn't like the, the governor of Michigan, but he loves Michiganders, you know. Don't like your governor, but please, still vote for me. Yeah, I know, a bunch of people in Detroit are going to die, blah, blah, blah. I'm worried about you youpers up there. Go Trump in the youpers. All the youpers up there. And I, I asked this question. I said, <clears throat> after three years of divisiveness, partisanship, rancor, polarization, and ideological intransigence gradually fraying the threads of our democratic republic, is it possible that China may wind up being responsible for a virus that ultimately starts to heal us as a nation? Just a question. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> hey, as with everything else, hope springs 
Eternal. Boing. No, hey, no, I'm just, you know, it is strange days in the gold mine. It is very strange days in the gold mine. By the way, in case anybody's wondering, you know, why we're not doing this on uh, video, okay? First of all, I haven't shaved in three weeks, so fuck you, all right? That's one of the reasons why. But also, we do a radio show. Yeah, I'd like to keep it at that. Okay, we do a radio show. Now, <clears throat> obviously, I've already spoken to you about, all right, well, what if we wanted to do a video show now that everybody else is? Because, you know, this is where we're at these we days. What can we do to, to add to the experience in this unique situation? Well, we'll think about that. Right. After this show. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying there, bro? Sure. You ready for yeah. some more groove? I am ready for grooves. All right, man. We're going to get back to some more groove here on SoFloRadio.com.
You know what? You should listen to your wife, man. She's right. You are an asshole, man. Come here. Give me a kiss. Come here. Come here. Hey. Hey. Hey, fuck you, man! Who put this thing together? Me! That's who! Who do I trust? Me! Fuck all alone by myself I do not need no one else Cause I can do bad by my motherfucking self hey, I can do bad by my motherfucking self All alone by myself I do not need no one else Cause I can run it up by my motherfucking self hey, I can run it up by my motherfucking self I was broke, no one around but now I'm found I can't let these niggas miss me Or do me like on Ricky I can't let these bitches trip me I'm not shy but I keep busy I've been stacking up my bitches And I know that come with envy Smoking gas and it's so sticky I don't want you bitch I'm picky I can't give up on my mission Dripping sauce I'm out the kitchen Shit be slow I keep my distance Do you hear me? Do you feel me? All alone by myself I do not need no one else Cause I can do bad by my motherfucking self Never thought that I could be the way 
you feel There's something in your eyes that gives you quality And never wanna be about the humanity The Jam, The Great Depression. Hey, you know, talking about Hoovervilles and whatnot. That is from the uh, 2012. They they did a reissue 
uh, kind of the, of the their, the Jam's final album, which is called The Gift, came out in 82. Um, but that's like got the the bonus edition has tons of uh, extra tracks on it. And that's one of them, which is uh, it's great stuff, you know. And and I, I thought about the bitterest pill mix into fever. You know, that one's been floating around. I, but I already played that a couple of years ago. So we need to go with something different before that. This guy cracks me up. Guy's name is Stevie Ricks, R.I.K.S. He's got his own uh, YouTube channel. This is one. He does a whole series of videos where it's Brian, he, he plays Brian Ferry singing various stuff. And it's absolutely hilarious. And this one, obviously, he's doing uh, Little Lovich doing Lucky Numbers. Um, seriously, this guy, he, he does tons and tons of celebrity impersonations. And his YouTube page has some very, very funny stuff. Stevie Ricks is the guy's name. Before that, I know your brand new favorite rap song, Tease. All by myself, because <laughs> I can turn it up by my motherfucking self, y'all. I do not need no one else. That literally just came out two months ago. Talk about perfect timing, huh? Yeah. I mean, that guy, seriously, perfect. Mwah! Okay, timing is everything. It's Johnny Carson-esque, okay, is how <laughs> I would describe that. Tease, T-E-E-Z-E, before that, yeah. Oh, man, who do I trust? Me. Fuck you. <laughs> you like that before that yeah standard bear fear i don't care about you from the record you know that's just the way it goes split stick stirrup scratch and leaving for that here's a band that i play before and they're from uh from uh i believe staten island is where they're located now the band's name is called elm treason song is uh just like rock and roll it's a video that they put together i guess just recently they they posted on facebook and basically, these guys are acoustic rock and roll. It was, you know, acoustic sedition, acoustic this. That's all their albums. Elm Treason. Great stuff, though. These guys, they really do a good job of playing stuff that sounds rock and roll, but they do it acoustically, and it still sounds rock and roll. Like, it's not like somebody doing their shit unplugged, you know? They play acoustic rock and roll, which is, you know... It's cool stuff. So Elm Treason, just like rock and roll kicking off the set. Yeah, the offspring, the kids aren't all right. From Americana, came out in 1988. So, time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Precision Auto Works, yeah. Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Any make, any model, bumper to bumper, Dave Terry and the entire ASE certified crew of knuckle-busting gear hounds, man. They're there for your needs. I just got a uh, thing, you know, because I I had to I put my car in for uh, when I had the uh, the little brake pedal light thingy broke, and I had to bring it in and get it, get have him put a new one in for me. And he sent me a little thing that says, uh, you know, thanks for coming in and for your here's a coupon. For like an oil change, filter change, all these things, um, you know, for like 30 some odd dollars or whatever, you know, sent that off to me. And I was like, wow, man, that's that's nice. You I mean, I generally I don't really pay for that for, for oil changes and stuff because, you know, you're a good guy and everything. And I was talking to him. He goes, oh, you know, it's it's standards that we, we send it out once we've done the work. It automatically goes out no matter who, because we want to thank them 
for coming in and spending some money with us. So, and of course, somebody else we always have to say thank to. Thank you, you know. All right. Our angel. Angel yeah, Spina. Man. All right. Thank you, Angel, for our SoundCloud page. Of course, <coughs> you can go to the, what, the Groovathon page. You're already on the SoFloRadio.com yeah. page. You go to my page, okay, our page. You're going to see a SoundCloud link where every show we have ever done is available to be listened to for free. Hey, Comcast, Xfinity, just I'm just throwing it out there. All right? Get your act together. But, uh, you know, you get it for free. Below that, you're going to see a link for Precision Auto Works. You click on the link, takes you right to that page, tells you everything you need to know. Very easy to get to. And these days, even easier than usual because, hey, there's nobody on the highway. There's literally nobody on the highways. Right. right. Yeah. Out on the road today, I saw a hazmat sticker on a Cadillac. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> I shit. can't help myself with shit like that. It was very easy to get to. Right off 95, you take Atlantic west to Andrews, make the first left turn, get to 3rd Street, make the first right turn. It's two blocks up on the right-hand side. Hey, mention the Groovathon. There is a discount. Certainly can't hurt, right? Right. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works in Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars what? yeah, take their cars. I know. Yeah. You know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. That brilliantly scribed tagline means it's time for the drive groove on SoFloRadio.com.
go baby rory gallagher live i believe jimmy Hendricks once said he was the greatest guitar player he, he said somebody asked if he was the if he was the greatest guitar player ever and jimmy Hendricks said no you're gonna have to go to rory gallagher for that one do you read me that is uh from the album check shirt wizard it's a uh, live from uh, the brighton dome back in 1977 shout out to my man drew gayton lives uh, a few blocks from here a couple of days ago I literally called him up. I said, hey, can I come over and play with your dog? I was like, you know, this is when I actually wish I had a pet because I don't. So it's like, you know, I've been, you know, my neighbors, some of my neighbors have dogs. But I went, over. I was like, Drew, can I come over and play with Lemmy? He named his dog after Lemmy Kilmeister, of course. So I went over and played with the dog for a little while. Before that, yeah, the Grateful Dead done the way we like it by somebody else. <laughs> okay. Greenski bluegrass. That is China Cat Sunflower, those guys are from Kalamazoo, Michigan. There's actually, it actually keeps going like the regular Grateful Dead uh, version does into I Know You Rider, but I'm sorry. There's a, there's, I, I, have a, I have a very strict quota on how much dead, even by somebody else, that, that can be played at one time. But I figured China Cat Sunflower, you know, for you wet marketeers out there. Before that, yes, Antenna. No one to depend on what? from Santana 3. Yeah, Neil Schoen and Michael Shriver on that, the two youngest guys to perform at, uh, 
at uh, Woodstock, I believe. I'm pretty sure Michael Shree or Neil Showed was the youngest one. I think he was 20 when he performed there. I thought I thought they were younger. I thought Shreve was like 18 or something like that. Or Shreve was the young one. And then Sean was just older than him. Before that, brand new stuff from this kid, King Solomon Hicks. Okay, he is from Harlem. Uh, the song is called Riverside Drive, which near and dear to my heart. The name of the album is Harlem. It just came out a couple of, like two weeks ago. Um, this kid is like one of these prodigies from Harlem, and he actually played guitar for a while with the Cotton Club Orchestra. He started playing guitar for them in 2010 when he was 15 years old. So that's saying something. When when they invite you to play at the age of 15 in the Cotton Club Orchestra, you know that's that's usually a sign of good things to come. And kicking off the set, couldn't help myself. Yeah, that's right. The Doobie Brothers. Where? China Grove. Yeah. From the Captain of Me came out in 73. There, you know, there's another town. I'm sure there's, I'm trying to think of all the towns that exist because this particular place is obviously in Texas. It's like uh, some town outside of San Antonio. All right. You hear about these people, you know, assaulting Chinese people. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. Why don't you fucking quarantine that town? How about China? There's a China Grove, I think, in uh, in one of the Carolinas, either North or South Carolina. There's a China Grove. Do you want to start, you know, quarantining the whole town? Why don't you go? Why don't you go just fucking carpet bomb the town of China Grove, Texas? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. That state votes Republican. Never mind. Sorry, I mentioned it. So, well, so before be. we get out of here, um, you know, I. As I said before, you know, this is going to start to hit home. And, you know, Steve Antonakis, who was uh, better known as Homeboy Steve, he was a guitar player uh, from my old neighborhood, the, uh, the Upper West Side. And, you know, he's one of these guys I knew from bars like the Blue Rose and, uh, you know, fucking uh, Under the Stairs and the Gold Rail and, and these old bars that were around back in the day. He passed away from coronavirus. Uh, Manu Dabango. Who did Sol Makosa? Yeah, yeah, man. He just died of coronavirus. Get the fuck and now John Prine is apparently quite ill with the coronavirus as well, and it's going to start hitting home. And for me personally, as a New Yorker, I can tell you straight up that when this is all over, New Yorkers will not forgive Donald Trump for this one. I'm just saying it flat out. We're not going to. I I can't. I can't forgive letting people die because you needed to look better on TV, because you needed to sound better, because you were worried about the market, because you were worried about votes someplace else, because you wanted to stand strong. Because I I just I can't. I I can't rationalize that when they're putting up medical tents in Sheep Meadow. Okay, that's Trumpville. The way it was Hooverville. This is Trumpville. That big mercy ship, the Red Cross ship, that came in, just docked today. You know, I was watching on TV when it left uh, Virginia, where it was had been stationed, and President Trump went down there and, like, you know, saluted the ship as it went off. You know, he gave the big salute. I, I just, 
I'm going to find it very hard to forgive him. But for the moment, my focus, and I wish the focus, you know, on a lot of the news channels, because it's so easy to basically say what he's done was wrong, that this is going to wind up being the Trump plague, the GOP plague. All these other countries figured out how to get it right, and he waited around and didn't. And it breaks my heart to watch my beloved city really kind of get the worst of it because we're the, we're, we're the tip of the spear for America and have been for 400 years, okay? New York City does it first, gets it first, figures it out first, demos it first. And the sad fact that we couldn't get what we needed from the federal administration to get it right first. And we have to suffer because the person running the country didn't think it was in his best interest to hop to it at the time. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Governor Cuomo being the voice of reason and everybody's talking about how, you know, it's good to see him on TV. And there was an interesting article in the Times. I, I talked to my mom about this the other day. She, you know, basically Cuomo is the son of Mario Cuomo, who was the great, great governor of New York for for many years. And he's the one that said, uh, we, uh, we campaign in poetry, but we govern in prose. That was Mario Cuomo who said that. And Andrew Cuomo, you know, is the son of a politician, is a politician. And this is a time when having political savvy really matters. And you can tell that because the guy who runs a country has none, doesn't know how to run a government. Having government, you know, it's all of this deep state, anti-government, government bad, people good stuff that, that the president has been, you know, trumpeting and campaigning on and standing on with these fringe groups of his and the people out there, the, the Alex, you know, Levin, the great one. The great one, fuck you, punk. Sean Hannity, fuck you, punk. Your your blood is on their hands. And blood is on the GOP's hands. If you're a Republican and you voted, okay, for McCain, and you like to see the rise of the, the Tea Party, and you liked the you know, all of the stuff that's been going on, and you liked one point five trillion in tax cuts, and you liked the Southern strategy and you liked Reaganomics and you stood by idly while all that went on. Well, guess what? Donald Trump is the culmination of that. And he is now responsible for acting indecisively. Okay. He's tardy. He's late to come to the party, if at all, because he doesn't do anything until he figures out whether or not it can show him in a good light. I thought this was interesting. He actually said that if we, if a hundred less than a hundred thousand people wind up dying in America, we will have done a good job. Pretty, pretty interesting benchmark. He said, "Why? Because one of his advisors came out and said, you know, the worst case scenario could be a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. If she had said the worst case scenario is two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand, he would have said we're doing great." Mm-hmm. 
Okay, if we have less than 200,000 deaths. Basically, what Donald Trump has just said is we are doing great if we don't suffer the worst case scenario. No. Okay, we're doing great if we get the best case scenario from this point forward. And we're still not doing it because he still doesn't give a shit. And as a New Yorker, watching what's going on there, I personally will never forgive him. And I will never forgive the the Republicans who sat idly by for years and decades from the birth of the Southern strategy, from the, 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 the people back then who rallied against the Voting Rights Act in 64 with Johnson, through Nixon, okay, through Reagan, through Bush, through the Tea Party, people who support McConnell, people who, these, these fringe groups that, uh, what's her name, you know, used to be on Fox, Megyn Kelly says, yeah. aren't great to have them at the table, these fringe groups, these fringe groups are murderers. They're murderers. Mm-hmm. They're murderers. I want to say it flat out. They're murderers. They're not killers. They're murderers. They're murdering people. Okay? This is this is a this is absolutely, you know, it's murder is what he's doing. And when it starts to hit home in Dubuque, Iowa, in Topeka, Kansas, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, baby. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Whatever. On the bank of the Who the fuck cares what the beautiful Lake Ponderay. All the people are going to be dead. Yeah. They're going to be dead. Okay? When it starts hitting there, let's see how they feel about years and years and years leading up to this. I personally can't forgive them because I'm watching Powerless. On my TV, mm-hmm. as my beloved home city, my beloved New York City, gets smacked around through no fault of their own, and is doing literally a Herculean job in the in the face of perhaps the worst adversity you can face. They want to take down the towers. They want to kill three thousand people in one foul swoop. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, breaks my heart. I used to work at the World Trade Center. But if there's one thing we're good at, it's building shit. You want to build, you want to knock it down? Check out what we got now, bitch. A bigger, better building. Go fuck yourself. Pentagon fixed. We build shit. We build such great shit. Okay, especially in New York. The shit we build in New York. Okay, is what everybody takes a look at and goes, hey, you know what? I think we should try and build something like that. The Brooklyn Bridge. Still there, baby. As functional today as it was the day it opened as the very first suspension bridge in the world. You like electricity? Hey, guess Uh, what? I I do. I do like electricity. Yeah, me too. I love electricity. Guess what? Invented in New York. That's right. You like skyscrapers? We invented it. You like public transportation? You like parks? Like Central Park? How about department stores? How about fucking, you know, a police force? How about that? Coppers. They used to have, the the badges were made out of copper. That's why they call them coppers. 
As a New Yorker, I'm never going to forgive him for this. I'm not. And I, I literally, it, it breaks my heart. And I have to think about what can I do to try and make somebody's life a little bit better. Because my life's good. It's boring. I'm at home. But I'm at home with electricity and food and a mango tree <laughs> and cable yeah. and internet. Yeah. Okay. I got a swimming pool in the backyard over here. Seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And there are a ton of people who aren't. And I can't go there and help. I can't go to a food bank. I can, I can chip in. I can offer money. You know, we can do that. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of more creative ways. What can I send somebody? What can I order? What can I do online? Which is why I'm so grateful for people like my friend Roger Hitz, who's going to be doing his trivia contest this Wednesday night. Little things like that to take my mind off of the death scroll, the fucking death scroll they have. And to my friends, to Isabella Zupa out in Italy, to Phil Green in Lytham St. Anne in England, to Paco Pasquale, who had a great song that he posted, little acoustic jam, the, uh, the guitar rag. He's in Spain right now. To my friends Duncan Wheeler and his mom that are in Dublin, all right, to, to, to Celeste out in, in Istanbul, Turkey, and to all my friends and my mom in New York, man, I, I, I'm with you. I'm right here. This is that time when you actually, I mean it when, you, when I say, go ahead, call me anytime. I actually mean it. Normally, I don't. Normally, I'm, I'm just saying it because, you know, it's something to say. Now, I, I mean it. Call me anytime. I am here. You need me to crack you up? Whatever I got to <laughs> do. Whatever I got to do. Okay? I'm going to start writing jokes. Nothing but no, no serious shit. I'm going back into comedy writing for a little while now so that when I get on the phone with people, when somebody needs that, I got something. I want to have something ready. You know, George Carlin used to spend an entire year working on one routine. I'm going to spend at least, you know, one full day. I mean, that's what, you know, I'm going to do it like that. I'm putting together an album list. I put out, uh, I posted uh, the Roy Buchanan, um, You're Not Alone, a fabulous, fabulous record. But Camel, the Snow Goose, I like that one. What else? Uh, I think the next one I want to do is uh, the, the album that I listened to last night that just had me sitting back was the uh, album one from the double album uh, Genesis Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Wow. Fantastic. And get the two, the, listen to the 2007 remaster. The, the remastering of it is absolutely brilliant. To all my friends and people in New York, you know, we're with you. We're with you, man. As best we can be. I want you to know we're there. And I have a, uh, you know, I started the show. First song we played was uh, from the Overdrive 5. And it's, uh, you know, my friend uh, Alain Portnoy on guitar on drums, Ira Elliott, who I uh, had an interesting time with at a place called the Milk Bar in New York many, 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 many years ago after a show someplace on Barrack Street. This is, I don't know, 15 lifetimes ago. But I started off, and I went to high school with Lon. And another friend of mine from high school, Peter Milrose, unfortunately, the other night, his father, Victor, passed away. His, 
his father had been uh, in poor health and his his uh, his mind had been going for a little while and he was in an assisted living facility. So, but you know, he passed away as well. And Victor Milrose was a an incredible songwriter. He worked at a place called the Brill Building in New York. And from about, I would say, the mid to late 50s through about the mid 70s, the Brill Building, literally, it was the studios and offices and and uh, rehearsal rooms in that building. There's one building that basically, that's where the soundtrack to our country came from for the better part of two decades. All these songs that people our age, okay, heard as kids because our parents were playing them all the time and that we grew up with as kids, okay? Are you showing me a note? No? No, okay. I was I was writing a note for later, something that I But I was saying that do. this is where this is where all this music came from and Victor Milrose was one of the people who churned out his his if you go into Discogs, you know, which which has like the list of songs, this guy he wrote stuff for Gary Puckett, Dusty Springfield, Elvis Presley, Rick Nelson, Gene Pitney, The Drifters, Jay and the Americans. He wrote literally dozens of songs. There was one that I love. It's a Louis Armstrong song that I was going to play. But this one, I thought, this one I really like by uh, Margo and the Marvettes. I picked out the song When Love Slips Away, which is a 45 that came out in 1967 that he was one of the writers on. And that was what was great about the Brill Building is that you had all of these people in there at the same time. So you had all these great composers, you know, Carol King and Burt Backrack and all these, you know, and people like Victor Milrose, people you've never heard of that wrote literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs that you know by heart. You just don't know their names because they wrote them to be recorded by other people. So we're going to come back. I, we're hoping in two weeks, but yeah. we're not sure. We might be we switching to Wednesdays. Eventually, right? when this is all clear, probably. Yeah, but we're hoping to come back in two weeks and do the exact same thing again. And this time, not just a little bit better, quite M- a bit much better. better. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm Medium telling better. you something. The most important thing that I, that I think that came out of this, solid groove. Yeah. Solid groove. Sure. Okay. And we're doing the best we can. That's right. why, you know, to pony up. This is all I know. This is what we know how to do, man. Yeah. All right. All you right. know, if I were a nurse, I'd be out there. But I'm not. So. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Shout Staying out grooving. To, uh, to Ginger. Ginger Weaver, my friend, she's a nurse, went to the, uh, you know, I go to a lot of these shows up at uh, the Funky Biscuit with her. She's a big uh, Eric Gales fan, and Ryan, you know, she likes that blues guitar stuff. She's a nurse right here, man. She's just buckling down. So, Ginger, you got a guy, you got cocktails coming on me. When all this is over, a whole night, however much, whatever you drink, eat, Funky Biscuit prices, I don't care. I don't give a shit. On me, I got you covered. We'll find the show, all right? Because I know we're going to be going out and grooving again. And to all the doctors and nurses out there, mucho mahalo. I mean, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Because talk about putting your life on the line. They're soldiers. They're soldiers right now. 
They're, and they're and they're literally saying, "Yeah, I'll take the bullet. I'll yeah. take the bullet." They're actually doing that, okay? And they did not sign up for that. They didn't, and they're nope. doing it. And I, I, I worship you, freaking. I just fucking worship you, people. I worship you. Amen. And just hang in there, man. We're gonna try and do more of this, man. We're gonna come up with new ways to try and at least give you a couple hours every once in a while, you know? Yep. And I'm gonna write funny shit. All right. I you did well, all. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Well, no, 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 you won't. Because literally, since I can't hear you when I'm talking, I'm just going to talk right over you. I don't give All a right. sh- You know, yeah, I can see your face. You put him. You want to try some Yiddish on me? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> now, now you're screwing with me. Yes, I am a little bit. Welcome to the age of groove and the age of COVID, baby. That's right. In any event, look, we're going to get out of here, you know, with uh, Margo and the Marvelettes, Victor Milrose to Peter, man. You know, my heart's with you, man. And to people people back in New York, God, just hang in there, pal. All right? Hang in there, all of you. You're tougher than that. You're better than that. Just hang in there, man. I want you to be there when I come home. As always, though, for myself and Los George's George Rodriguez, Gramps, Master Flash, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.
You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.